Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Until very recently, the machines that could trounce champions were at least respectful enough to start by learning from human experience. To beat Garry Kasparov at chess in 1997, IBM engineers used centuries of chess wisdom in their deep blue computer. In 2016, Google DeepMind's AlphaGo poured over millions of positions from thousands of human games before showing champion Lee Settle, who's the boss of the ancient board game Go. But now, artificial intelligence researchers are rethinking the way their bots incorporate the totality of human knowledge. And the current trend is, don't bother. Last October, the DeepMind team published details of a new Go-playing system, AlphaGo Zero, that studied no human games at all. Instead, it started with the game's rules and played against itself. Its first moves were completely random. After each game, it folded in new knowledge of what led to a win and what didn't. At the end of the scrimmages, AlphaGo Zero went head-to-head with the already superhuman version of AlphaGo that had beaten Lee Settle. It won 100 games to zero. The team went on to create what would become another master gamer in the AlphaGo family. This one is called AlphaZero. Again, it started from scratch. In a paper posted to the scientific preprint site archive.org in December, DeepMind researchers revealed the trained-up AlphaZero outperformed AlphaGo Zero. So basically, it beat the bot that beat the bot that beat the best Go players in the world. And when it was given the rules for chess, or the Japanese chess variant Shogi, AlphaZero quickly learned to defeat the top-level algorithms for those games, too. Experts marveled at the program's aggressive, unfamiliar style. Danish Grandmaster Peter Heine Nelson once told a BBC interviewer that he'd always wondered what it would be like if a superior species landed on Earth and showed us how they played chess. He joked that now he knows. We've also seen other self-taught bots emerge this year, from No Limit Poker to Dota 2, a popular multiplayer online video game in which fantasy-themed heroes battle for control of an alien world. Of course, the companies investing money in those systems have grander ambitions than just dominating video game tournaments. Research teams like DeepMind hope to apply similar methods to real-world problems, like building room-temperature superconductors or understanding the origami needed to fold proteins into potent drug molecules. And, of course, many practitioners hope to eventually build up to artificial general intelligence— Think about it. A machine could think like a person, with the versatility to attack many different kinds of problems. Yet, despite the investments being made in these systems, it isn't yet clear how far past the game board the current techniques can go. University of Washington computer scientist Pedro Domingos says AlphaZero is impressive, but doesn't necessarily apply widely. Oh, and that's a reporter typing away while he talks. I'm not sure that the ideas in AlphaZero generalize readily to other things. The main thing that the whole Alpha series of programs uses is self-play. 
games are a very, very unusual thing because you can generate unlimited amounts of data by playing against yourself. So the big successes of machine learning have all been in supervised learning, where there's, for example, labels for your images, or you're watching somebody drive so you know what they do. And in problems where there isn't a lot of data like that, there's things that you can do like unsupervised learning, but they're much harder. Now, games are unusual in that because the computer can just play against itself and learn that way, there's no limit to the data that it can generate. One characteristic shared by many games is that players can see all the pieces on both sides at all times. This includes chess and go. Each player always has what's called perfect information about the state of the game. No matter how complex the game gets, all you need to do is think forward from the current situation. That's not how real life is all the time, is it? Imagine asking a computer to diagnose an illness or conduct a business negotiation. Noam Brown is a doctoral student in computer science at Carnegie Mellon University. He says most real-world strategic interactions involve hidden information. He says the artificial intelligence community seems to ignore that. Poker, which Brown specializes in, offers a different challenge. You can't see your opponent's cards. But here, too, machines that learn by playing against themselves are now reaching superhuman levels. Brown and his advisor created a program called Libratus, known as Libby. In January of last year, it outplayed four professional poker players at heads-up, no-limit Texas Hold'em. Libby finished $1.7 million ahead of its competitors at the end of a 20-day competition. An even more daunting game involving imperfect information is StarCraft II, another popular multiplayer online video game. Players pick a team. They build an army and wage war across a sci-fi landscape. But that landscape is shrouded in a fog that only lets players see areas where they have soldiers or buildings. Even the decision to scout your opponent is full of uncertainty. This is one game that AI still can't beat. AI struggles with the sheer numbers of moves in a game, which often stretches into the thousands. And AI has trouble with the speed at which the moves must be made. Every player, human or machine, has to worry about what seems like an endless number of possible futures with every click. For now, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with top humans in this arena is beyond the reach of AI. But it's a goal. In August of last year, DeepMind partnered with Blizzard Entertainment, the company that makes StarCraft II. They're working on releasing tools to potentially help open up the game to AI researchers. Despite its challenges, StarCraft II comes down to a simple goal. Eradicate your enemy. That's something it shares with chess, Go, poker, Dota 2, and just about every other game. In games, you can win. From an algorithm's perspective, problems need to have an objective function, a goal. When AlphaZero played chess, that goal wasn't too hard. A loss counted as minus one, a draw was zero, and a win was plus one. AlphaZero's objective function was to maximize its score. The objective function of a poker bot? Same as for humans, win more money. Real life situations aren't so straightforward. For instance, a self-driving car needs a more nuanced objective function, something similar to the careful phrasing you'd use to explain a wish to a genie. For example, 
promptly deliver your passenger to the correct location, obeying all laws and appropriately weighing the value of human life in dangerous and uncertain situations. Domingo says the ability to craft a good objective function helps set a great machine learning researcher apart from an average one. Domingo's points to Tay, a Twitter chatbot released by Microsoft in March of 2016. Tay's objective was to engage people. And what unfortunately Tay discovered is that the best way to maximize engagement is to, you know, spew out racist insults because nothing gets people riled up like that and responding and being engaged. Twitter pulled Tay offline less than a day later. Yeah, not quite the maximum engagement they wanted. The funny thing is, the methods used by today's dominant game bots employ strategies devised decades ago. University of Toronto computer scientist David Duvenot calls it a blast from the past, only with more computation being thrown at it. The strategies often rely on reinforcement learning, a hands-off technique. Instead of micromanaging an algorithm with detailed instructions, engineers let the machine explore an environment and learn through trial and error. Before the release of AlphaGo and its progeny, the DeepMind team achieved its first big headline-grabbing result in 2013. That's when they used reinforcement learning to make a bot that learned to play seven Atari 2600 games, three of them at an expert level. That progress has continued. In February, DeepMind released Impala. It's an AI system that can learn 57 Atari 2600 games, plus 30 more levels built by DeepMind in three dimensions. In these, the player roams through different environments, accomplishing goals like unlocking doors or harvesting mushrooms. Impala seems to transfer knowledge between tasks, meaning time spent playing one game also helps it improve at others. But within the larger category of reinforcement learning, board games and multiplayer games allow for an even more specific approach. Here, exploration can take the form of self-play, where an algorithm gains strategic supremacy by repeatedly wrestling with its own close copy. This idea dates back decades. In the 1950s, IBM engineer Arthur Samuel created a checkers playing program that learned in part by matching an alpha side against a beta side. In the 1990s, IBM's Gerald Tesaro built a backgammon program that pitted the algorithm against itself. The program reached human expert levels, devising unorthodox but effective strategies along the way. In game after game, an algorithm in a self-play system faces an equally matched foe. This means that changes in strategy lead to different outcomes, giving the algorithm immediate feedback. Ilya Sutskever is a researcher at OpenAI, a nonprofit he co-founded with Elon Musk, devoted to developing and sharing AI technology. Sutskever says with those self-play systems, Anytime you learn something or discover something, your opponent immediately uses it against you. In August of last year, OpenAI released a Dota 2 bot controlling the character Shadowfiend, a sort of demon sorcerer. The bot beat the world's best players in one-on-one battles. Sutskever says there's one key to winning during self-play. So you can never rest. You must always improve. And that's how we were able to get our Dota bots to play at the level that surpassed the world champion. 
But the old idea of self-play is just one ingredient in today's dominant bots. They also need a way to translate their play experiences into deeper understanding. Chess, Go, and video games like Dota 2 have many more variations than there are atoms in the universe. Even over the course of many lifetimes spent battling its own shadow across echoless virtual arenas, a machine can't encounter every scenario, write it down in a lookup table, and consult that table when it sees the same situation again. Peter Abiel is a computer scientist at the University of California, Berkeley. Again, sorry about the reporter typing in the background. How many situations can you encounter in Go? How many situations can you encounter in chess, in wrestling, in Dota 2? I mean, I haven't done the math, but it's one of those things where if you do the math, you'll say more than the number of atoms in the universe kind of thing. So clearly you cannot have a memory unit dedicated to each possible situation because a memory unit takes more than an atom. So then now all of a sudden you can't do it. So what you need to do is you need to generalize, capture the essence. IBM's Deep Blue did this with its built-in chess formula. It was armed with the ability to gauge the strength of board positions it hadn't seen before. So it could adopt moves and strategies that would increase its chances of winning. In recent years, though, Abil says a new technology has made it possible to skip the formula altogether. In the past, people put more engineering into the representation to get the top chess players, AI chess players, and now, all of a sudden, the deep net just captures all of that without you needing to engineer what it means to be the essence of a board situation. Deep neural networks are built out of layers of artificial neurons that stack like pancakes. They've soared in popularity in the last few years. When neurons in one layer fire, they send signals to the next layer up, which sends them to the next layer, and so on. By tweaking how the layers connect, these networks become fantastic at morphing inputs into a related output, even if the connection seems abstract. Give them a phrase in English, and they could train themselves to translate it into Turkish. Give them pictures from an animal shelter, and they can identify which ones contain cats. Show them a game board, and they can identify their probability of winning. Typically, though, you need to first give these networks reams of labeled examples to practice with. That's why self-play and deep neural networks fit together so well. Self-play churns out troves of games, giving deep neural networks a theoretically unlimited supply of the data they need to teach themselves. In turn, the deep neural networks offer a way to internalize the experiences and patterns encountered in self-play. But there's a catch. For self-play systems to produce helpful data, they need a realistic place to play. Chelsea Finn knows this. She's a Berkeley doctoral student who uses AI to control robot arms and interpret data from sensors. Again, excuse the reporter typing under her voice. All of these games, all of these results have been in settings where you can perfectly simulate the world. You can perfectly simulate what will happen if you take a certain action, if you take a certain move. And therefore, you can basically train the system using many, many lifetimes of data. The real physical world, on the other hand, we can't simulate. We don't know how to simulate the real world. We've seen it already with self-driving cars. They have a hard time dealing with bad weather and even cyclists. Or they might not capture bizarre possibilities that turn up in real life, like a bird that happens to fly directly toward the car's camera. Finn says for robot arms, initial simulations provide basic physics, allowing the arm to at least learn how to learn. 
but they fail to capture the details involved in touching surfaces. That means that tests like screwing on a bottle cap or conducting an intricate surgical procedure would require real-world experience, too. So for problems that are hard to simulate, self-play isn't very useful. Deep learning pioneer Yashua Bengio says there's a huge difference between a perfect model and a learned estimated one, especially when reality is complex. But that still leaves AI researchers with ways to move forward. It's hard to pinpoint the dawn of AI gaming supremacy. You could choose Kasparov's loss in chess or Lee Settle's defeat at the virtual hands of AlphaGo. Or remember when Jeopardy! champion Ken Jennings lost to IBM's Watson in 2011? Watson could parse the game's clues and handle wordplay. The two-day match wasn't even close. In his final answer, Jennings joked that he welcomed our new computer overlords. Watson seemed to be endowed with the kind of clerical skills humans use on a host of real-world problems. It could take a prompt in English rummage through relevant documents at lightning speed, come up with the relevant snippets of information, and settle on a single best answer. But years later, the real world continues to present stubborn challenges for AI. A report last year by the health publication STAT found that researching and designing personalized cancer treatments is proving difficult. That's what Watson's descendant, Watson for Oncology, is trying to do. Bengio, who has collaborated with the Watson team, says the questions in Jeopardy are easier in the sense that they don't need much common sense. But understanding a medical article is a lot harder. As special as games are, there are still a few real-world problems they resemble. The research team from DeepMind has suggested that its techniques may soon help biomedical researchers who would like to understand protein folding. To do this, they need to figure out how the various amino acids that make up a protein fold into a little 3D machine with a function that depends on its shape. That's tricky in the same ways chess is tricky. Chemists know the rules roughly well enough to calculate specific scenarios, but there are still so many possible configurations. It's a hopeless task to search through them all. But what if protein folding could be configured as a game? It already has been. Since 2008, hundreds of thousands of human players have attempted Fold It, an online game where users are scored on the stability and feasibility of the protein structures they fold. A machine could train itself in a similar manner, perhaps by trying to beat its previous best score with general reinforcement learning. Sutskever says reinforcement learning and self-play might also help train dialogue systems, That would give robots meant to speak to humans a chance to train by talking to themselves. And considering that specialized AI hardware is becoming faster and more available, engineers will have an incentive to pose more and more problems in the form of games. Sutskever thinks in the future, self-play and other ways of consuming a large amount of computing power will become more important. But if the ultimate goal is for machines to do as much as humans can, even a self-taught generalist board game champ like AlphaZero may have a ways to go. Google Deep Learning researcher Francois Cholet says we need to be careful about not overestimating the significance of AI playing games or doing jobs or whatever it may be. As Cholet points out, humans aren't very good at games. 
But on the other hand, he says very simple, specialized tools can actually achieve a lot. Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Joshua Sokol's full article, Why Self-Taught Artificial Intelligence Has Trouble with the Real World, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Also, the MIT Press is publishing two quanta books, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire and The Prime Number Conspiracy. Order them now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore.